Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey everybody, welcome back. Pure Victory Podcast, Braden and Matt here with you once again, and we're just so happy to do this. I honestly, we love it. It's just so great chatting and, and hanging out and knowing that you're with us in this, just listening. And we always say we're journeyers along with you and we just want to hear what God has for us in the regards to, you know, breaking free from porn, sexual addiction, masturbation, having freedom and health in our relationships. And that's what this podcast is all about. So if you're new, thanks for being here with us. And if you're a longtime listener, thank you for doing this with us. Do we always say we're journeyers? I've never um, heard that word. That's a new maybe one. that's new. Travelers? Fellow travelers? <laughs> journeyers? I don't know. Fellow travelers along the journey of life. We getting are. Getting free of all <laughs> sexual, hints of sexual immorality. That's right. We're that's journeyers. Right. I love it. <laughs> that's right. We're journeyers with you. And uh, today, this is a really great topic uh, that will help us in that, understanding that. And really, it's about our life and how God wants to redeem all of the brokenness, all the hurt, the pain, all the stuff. He's going to redeem that. Jesus will redeem your life. And you're wondering, why does that matter where I'm at? Well, of course it does. Because when we're battling addiction, porn, or anything else like that, sometimes we feel really down on ourselves. We feel like we're lost. We feel like we're gone. We're too far gone. I know I used to think that about myself. Like, who is going to help me? I'm too far gone. I'm going to have porn in my life forever. Um, You know, my relationships will suffer. That's just my lot in life. And you go down the list, right, that you've made in your mind. And we want to talk to you today about that because it's not true. God wants to redeem your life. And Matt and I, our stories, 
reveal that as well. And that's because God's in our story. And that's the same for you. And so we just want to put aside that lie that we are too far gone. Jesus will redeem your life. And we know this just in the looking in scripture about what he has done for us. Sometimes we don't get this, hey, Matt? Like we don't understand how no. rich the scripture is in revealing who Jesus is to us and what it means for us. Like sometimes we just miss that, especially when we relate it back to our own lives. We just don't get it. That's right. That's right. And this is actually one of my favorite things about God. And I feel like I'm able to, like he's, he's shown me so many different things times in my life where we say that he redeems our life but he redeems the details in our life and all these little details things where where i've had hurts or i've screwed up or i've had fears and he comes and redeems the moment in such creative ways and i'm excited to talk about this because i think it's a uh it's one of those things that isn't always talked about it's not um super obvious until you see it and then it's obvious that God does this and so when he's the redeemer like he redeems mankind he redeems he redeems our lives but he redeems the the details of our lives too and you can think but I've screwed up so much and the thing is that just kind of foundationally like he is the redeemer and he like like it's not just humans that glorify his name like it's it's events it's situations it's the world it's mm-hmm. it's mountains it's animals like rocks like it's yeah. everything there's his glory in everything and so when when anything has been perverted by the enemy god wants glory on that he wants to redeem that for himself and so when there's a detail of our life that the enemy has had had over us or lorded over us, he's like, I want to redeem your life, but I want to redeem redeem that detail too. So this might be vague, but we'll get into what this kind of looks like. And I think it starts with, with Adam and Eve, and we go right back to the start. Mm-hmm. When Adam and Eve screw up and their their gaze like god says to them don't eat from this one tree right like you can eat from any tree in the garden but don't eat from this one and and so satan's got their gaze on this one tree and it's in the middle of the garden and there's fruit hanging from this tree and they're not supposed to eat from this fruit what happens they eat from the fruit and all of a sudden there's a curse that's put on them but when Jesus comes thousands of years later and he redeems mankind, he doesn't just redeem humans. He also redeems the tree. See, he there's a tree in the middle of the garden that Satan has Adam and Eve's gaze on. They shouldn't be looking at this tree. It's got fruit hanging from it. Jesus shouldn't have been hanging on the tree in the middle. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have been hanging on the cross in the middle. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have gazed on that. But Satan, the enemy, had all of the people gazing at this tree that had what? had Jesus hanging on hanging on it. Mm-hmm. What was Jesus? He was the first fruits. Wow. And so he redeemed mankind in that moment, but he also redeemed the fruit or in, involved in the sin of Adam and Eve. He, yeah. he he redeemed the tree that was in the middle. He redeemed the where we where we put our gaze. And so the enemy thinks, man, I'm going to use this cross and I'm yeah. going to crucify Jesus. And what does God do? He goes, I'm going to take that cross and I'm going to make it a symbol of salvation. Yeah. And I'm going to put it around people's necks and above people's doorways and, and right? Like there's crosses everywhere in the mm. world now. And so God takes every little detail of Adam and Eve's sin and he redeems it wow. at the cross. And so there's so many stories in our lives and, and other stories in scripture that we'll get into too, yeah. where... God is revealing that this is actually an essential part of his character that he wants to redeem every part of our lives. 
Wow. That visual is so powerful. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I never actually thought about it that way before. That's really cool. And the neat thing about that story too, that we don't get is that um, Adam was given, Adam and Eve were given full authority in the garden by God to drive out Satan essentially. And they didn't do that. And we can see ourselves in them. Yeah. We really can. Yeah. And what did Jesus do? Well, he mentions this, I think in Matthew, I can't remember the chapter, but he talks about, he has come to tie up the strong man, strong man being Satan. So the authority was stripped from Adam in that moment. He relinquished it. Not that he didn't have authority. It was relinquished. Now Jesus comes and he has taken back that authority that the enemy took. And how cool is that? Because when he mentions that in Matthew about tying up the strong man, he has restored what was lost. He has healed what was broken. And it's so neat because Jesus is described as the last Adam. And what that reveals is that it is finished. The work is finished. So you think that in your life right now, that it's too big of an enemy in your life might be porn. It might feel like all these other things, whatever it is, you might feel like it's too big. You feel like you are lost, that you have no authority. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus is the last Adam. He has restored everything. And when we look at him, he has taken that authority fully and he is the one who's glorified. So when we look to him, that work is finished and complete in us as well. He has done that for us. When he died for us, we are adopted into the kingdom of light, kingdom of heaven through the work on the cross. And because of that, you now have full victory over anything you face. You have full victory to hear that. We want to be so clear. That battle with porn, you have authority and victory over that. You may not feel it, but feeling doesn't reveal truth. Your feeling doesn't reveal what is true. Okay, so you might have really bad feelings about self, about your world, about your circumstance, but that doesn't change what Jesus has done for you. So we need to learn to just know that truth of what he has done and changed. Jesus has taken control. He has taken back what the enemy, what was given to him. Now we have that full authority because of Jesus. I love it. I love it. And that kind of ties into what we were talking about last week too, with the new view of temptation, because he wants to redeem those moments when we've been tempted and it's gotten us down and it's brought us into sin. God isn't going to say, okay, you're now free. I'm never going to allow temptation to come into your life anymore. He's like, no, I'm going to allow it because I'm going to redeem these moments where now you're tempted and you're seeing the victory and you're learning things like we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. And and so the redemption is like, yeah, you're free, but you're also now experiencing victory. And I'm mm-hmm. redeeming the very moments that used to get you down. Just like, I, I always r- struggled with this. Like, why did Jesus pray in the Lord's prayer, lead us not into temptation, but then he gets baptized and gets led into the wilderness to get tempted yeah. and led by the spirit. I'm like, that. how do I reconcile that? And all of a sudden it dawned on me, is it in... It wasn't that the spirit led him into, or, or the, that the spirit tempted him. It was the spirit led him to the wilderness to be tempted. And the wilderness to me is the key in my understanding of it. Because in the Old Testament, God's people were in the wilderness for 40 years and they were stuck and they were being tempted to complain and to and to think wrongly about right. God. And, and they never, you know, you see this, they're just going in circles and they're not thinking 
how can we glorify God? How can we learn more about God? They're just complaining the whole time. <laughs> it's true. And they're hindering their lives. And yeah. so this has got their, the God's people stuck for 40 years in the wilderness. And now Jesus gets baptized. He gets led by the spirit into the wilderness. The very thing that had God's people stuck. And then he spends only 40 days there and he redeems the wilderness, the thing that got them stuck. And so he redeems the moments of temptation because that's what got us stuck. And, and so he redeems that. And, and it only takes 40 days to redeem the thing that took 40 years or, or that mm-hmm. had them stuck for 40 years. And so Jesus can do a work that is far faster in our lives than we think that we are worthy of or that we can mm-hmm. do ourselves because it's not him. We could have an 18-year you know, marriage where we're cheating on our spouse the whole time, but he can redeem it in a year or two. Yeah. It doesn't, or even faster. It doesn't have to take 18 years mm. um, because that's how long we struggled. Mm-hmm. And the richness of understanding wilderness in our life is made yeah. rich because of what we understand with Jesus. And it's so true. We can see ourselves in the nation of Israel because we would, we always say, Hey, Oh, they're so bad. Why would they do that and complain and grumble and moan? They took them out of slavery. God did, and they should be worshiping. It's so thankful. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? We would be there too. <laughs> I remember I was in my twenties and my friend called me on that. She's like, don't you sound like the people of God? I'm like, Oh, I do. I'm complaining. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And you know what? We would be there too. Um, and it's so interesting. If you would have drawn a red or a straight line from the Red Sea, to the promised land, I, I remember I, I saw this. I can't remember how long. It was really quick. If they would have taken a straight line from from the Red Sea, basically to uh, Canaan, to the Promised Land, it would have been not 40 years. I'm going to tell you that right now. But the desert, if you look at the circle, they, they, it was incredible just um, how God led them through that because they didn't get it and they couldn't do what he was calling them to. And we see ourselves in that. We put ourselves in the shoes of the Israel, Israelites. And why? Because... You know, we're, we're really, we're no different than them. But the one big difference is, as Matt was saying, is Jesus has redeemed the wilderness. And when we look to him, wow, he did what we couldn't do. And because of him, now we have a fuller understanding. We can look to him and he's the one who transforms us. He refines us in the way that he wants, but we also have a model. We have hope in the way that he handled that situation. But he was able to deal with that in a sense that we never could. So what do we learn from that? Well, our dependence on him is absolute, is absolute. We can't do this on our own. We really can't. And our trust in him and the way that we focus on him, our focal point, um, that transforms our wilderness in such a deep way. And then he teaches us in that. You know, sometimes God does lead us in seasons that are a little bit drier, have a little bit more... Um, we're more in the open in the sense that we're in the country, we're in the wilderness and it feels like that. You might feel like that, but God teaches us such amazing things through that. And he wants to just grab you and get a hold of you. And, and there's times in the Bible where people have gone through seasons like that and come out because of what Jesus has done for them essentially and transforming our hearts through those times. So he teaches us through this too. We're not alone, I should say. He fully understands what it means to be in that because he was there. And so he's there with you in it. He's sitting there with you when you're feeling like you're in that wilderness. And what does that mean? Well, he has something for us. He has something for you in the midst of whatever you're feeling right now. And you're going to come out of that as you look to him um, in a much better state than you ever could have been. And uh, I've had moments of wilderness in my life. And I'm so thankful that God led me through that. I wasn't alone. And 
you know, sometimes you resist, you feel like you resist God in those seasons. But what I've learned through that is really leaning and trusting in God in those times. I feel like when I was battling porn, that felt like a season of wilderness. When I look back, I see God was with me every step of the way. And I've learned so much being in that. And, but I'm so thankful Jesus redeemed the wilderness because I can't figure it out on my own. Like the Israelites, I can't get there. I can't get there yeah. to the promised land without God's help. And how rich is that of our understanding? Yeah. And a lot of people will say like, oh, I'm in a wilderness season right now. And, or I feel like I'm in the wilderness right now. And basically it's like a time where you're lost. You don't have direction. You feel stuck. And so I, I would always hear this or say it in a way of like, this is negative. Like, I don't like this. I don't have direction. I'm stuck. But now when I look at the wilderness and I understand everything that you're saying and what scripture says is like he's redeeming our mindset in the wilderness so mm-hmm. that it's not just that we feel like we, we're good or we have purpose because of what we're doing. It's like we have purpose and we're only good with him. Like we have purpose because of him. Mm-hmm. And in the wilderness, when we don't, when we're not doing anything outwardly or we don't feel fulfilled by anything else, we can still be fulfilled in him. Yeah. And so he's redeem, redeeming the way that we think when we're in that wilderness time. And he is so he's so much more close and present than what we think yeah. when we're in those times. And looking back, we can always see it. Yeah, no, it's so, so true. And how amazing is that? That, you know, sometimes when we have things stripped from us, that's the wilderness maybe. Um, why did God do that? We might be asking, why is this happening? Well, I don't have all the answers for you, but I do know this. God's going to use that yeah. and he's going to work in your life. And sometimes when we have things stripped from us, um, we feel like we're exposed. That's when God really works in our lives and, and is reveals himself in such p- powerful and profound ways. And we wouldn't experience that unless we were going through the wilderness season. And so be blessed in that and look to him in that time. You know, another really cool way that we go back to seeing Jesus in, in the Bible, Israel wasn't able to fulfill a lot of what was it was called to do and but Jesus did and so another aspect is Israel was called to be a light to the nations this is back in the Old Testament so we have the Bible Old Testament New Testament in the Old Testament Israel the nation of Israel was called to be a light unto the nations they didn't fulfill that they weren't able to fulfill that now Jesus comes and completely restores that you know we see this when he speaks to the woman at the well the Samaritan woman a woman that, first off, a Jew would never talk to. Not only that, she was a woman. A man wouldn't speak to a woman. So he's redeeming that whole kind of um, view of women as they're less than. He shows a quality in his love for people, and that redeems that too, which is a, a side point. But he speaks to a Samaritan. He's a light to the nations that Israel was not to. In fact, the Jews hated the Samaritans and vice versa. <laughs> Here, Jesus is moving past all that hate and being a light to her, transforms her life and transforms her town, I believe, because she runs back and tells everybody, this man has told me everything I ever did. And through that, I fully believe that there was transformation in that community and in a way that's so powerful. Jesus is a light to the Roman world as well, which was Israel's oppressors, right? They were the conquerors. So this Roman centurion, this official in the Roman army, this, uh, this high ranking, uh, he comes to Jesus and asks for help. And Jesus, you know, is amazed by this man's faith because he says, no, you don't need to come back with me to heal my servant. Just say the word and it'll be done. 
And Jesus said, I've never seen faith like this. And what does that show? Well, he's redeeming, you know, he's being a light to the nations, to the oppressors, the Roman nation, this, this representative of Rome. He's doing this for and that just reveals such richness. If we understand that and think about that, wow, that's powerful. Now you're thinking, what does this have to do with me? <laughs> well, you know what? Because Jesus is the light to the world, he's a light to the nations. He's doing that through you as well too. Even if, if you feel stuck, you feel like you can never turn around and help anybody because you can't even help yourself. Well, God will work in your life, transform you, and we believe that, we speak that to you. Yeah. And then you can turn around and be a light because Jesus is working in you and he's transformed your life. We believe that God doesn't waste this stuff. And you might be thinking, how could God use a porn addiction that I'm currently battling right now to help anybody? Matt, that's happened to us. (laughs) We're doing a podcast. I never thought we'd do a podcast about porn. Uh And here we are and we're no better. We just have Jesus as you do. And you know, one of the things that I realize more and more as I grow in my, my faith is that God uses an perfect vessel like me in such powerful ways that I could never imagine. And he is able to redeem me. Um, I can't be in a light to the nations on my own. I can't do it. You know, I just don't have that in me, but Jesus is in me and working through me. And that's him. I'm putting the focus on him. And that's the same for you. And that's how rich scripture reveals. I mean, Israel can do it, but Jesus can Totally. He can, and he wants to, and he does it. And, and he's no respecter of persons. In other words, what he'll do for one, he'll do for you. And he, and so, yeah, just, I want you to, I want you to know, I used to be nervous actually teaching this stuff when I first started teaching about him redeeming our lives, but especially the details and the struggles and the hardest times of our lives. I used to be nervous because I don't know how he's going to do it in you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was like, how do I teach this? Cause there's so many ways that he redeems things. But as I start teaching it, I just start getting so many stories from guys like, Hey, he did it to me in this way. He mm-hmm. did it in this way. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. I want to share a few of those in a sec here, but, but just to talk about what you're talking about, Brad, with being a light to the nations and, and it's, it's only Jesus, but he wants to do that with us. And, and we don't feel like we can like, think about Peter and Peter in scripture was so skeptical and and yeah. and like funny right and all these questions and jesus would say something and peter's like no it's not that way jesus it's this way it's <laughs> he's like, trying to well, preach there or correct jesus all the time i know <laughs> exactly oh man it's funny and so at the end peter denies jesus three times and and so peter after jesus died like he's so distraught about this and how could i have done this and you can imagine the the, the devastation that you'd feel i mean i can for sure and so then Jesus gets resurrected and Peter's back on a boat. But to understand this story, we got to go back to the first time that they ever met because Jesus was on the beach and Peter's out on the, on the boat because he was a fisherman and he had been fishing all night and there was a, or he had put his net out, but he hadn't caught any fish. And all of a sudden he heard a voice from the shore say, Hey, put your net on the other side. And when he did that, the net filled up with fish. Yeah. Then he comes to the beach, he meets Jesus, and he starts following Jesus. So now three, three and a half years later, 
He denies Jesus three times, and now he Jesus has died. Now he's out on the boat. Back to fishing. Back to fishing. Yeah. Same circumstance, exactly. He puts his net on uh, out. He's out all mm-hmm. night, doesn't catch anything. All of a sudden, he hears a voice from the shore. Mm-hmm. Hey, put your net on the other side. So he does it again. It fills up. He looks at the beach. He's like, Jesus. Yeah. And he runs out to the beach, and he meets Jesus. It's yeah. the exact same thing that he did at the first time that they ever met. Yeah. And Jesus brings him back to the same circumstance. And then he says to Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Because he denied him three times and now he's yeah. redeeming each of those with saying that he loves them three times or giving him that opportunity. And so he didn't re- just redeem the rejections, but he redeemed the whole walk, the whole three years that they were together. Yeah. And now he's saying, Peter, you're, you're going to make a big impact. Like yeah. go feed my sheep. And so then we see with Peter, we're talking about being a light to the nations. In Acts 10, he falls into this trance and God does all these miracles. And I love the story. You can go read it in Acts 10. But essentially, he goes out and he preaches the, the gospel to these Gentiles that God yeah. has led him to. Yeah. And he preaches. And then he's like, whoa, now I see. Like, this yeah. gospel isn't just for us. It's for everybody. Yeah. And so Peter's this dude who argues against Jesus. He's skeptical. He doesn't really understand mm-hmm. a lot. Like, there's a lot. Jesus, like, you still don't understand things. Like, like there's yeah. lots that he doesn't get. And when we're stuck in a porn addiction, there's a lot that we don't understand. And we might even think like, are you with me, God? Like, where are you? Mm -hmm. And you feel even dead to me. But God wants to redeem us. And he wants us to then understand that we are called to be a light to the nations, but we can't do that without Jesus. Jesus wants to come and first redeem us. And then he's going to open up so many doors that we could never imagine in the very areas that we screwed up. And so I love that Jesus redeemed not only just the rejections, but his whole walk. He's mm-hmm. saying, we can just start fresh. We can start new here, Peter. And this is <laughs> this is what, he, what God did with Braden and I. <laughs> I'll never forget <laughs> it. I'm telling Braden this story about, hey, I, I used to pray around this strip club. And and I was going to tell him the end of the story and, and say, like, I just drove by it and it's closed down now. But Braden interrupts me. He's like, I used to pray one, around the strip same clubs. one. It's one in Edmonton. We won't say where, but it, it was completely bulldozed to the ground. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it was a different one. I I, I prayed one around one on the north side. That's oh, and okay, okay. And you did one on the south, south side. Both got, yeah, incredible. Exactly. So he, yeah. so we've been stuck in sexual sin. Now we're praying around these strip, strip clubs. Yeah. And not that, that for destruction for the people. I no. remember I would pray. Pray, no, like God, pray show them, show them the mm. plan, show them your love, but close down this business. Yeah, it was just a building. We prayed that it would be yeah. shut down, and the and people, of course, were praying for them. But man, the the example of of that, and then Peter too. Like, I always think about in the moment with Peter when he was around the fire, um, when Jesus was in the the Sanhedrin being cross examined. Yeah. yeah, it was such a kangaroo court. But Peter's there in earshot, and he's afraid to be exposed as one of the Galileans of the, the follower of Jesus. And he gets called out and it's a, it's a crowd of few. There's a few around that fire. He doesn't have the guts in that moment to say, I am a follower of Jesus. And he denies Jesus. And where just a few hours earlier, he's, he's cutting a guy's ear off and saying, I will, I will die with you, Jesus, all these different things. Right. And here we see a complete change and turn fast forward what Matt was saying when he's jumps into the water, runs after Jesus. Um, and, and he gets redeemed in those three questions that Jesus asked even, uh, days later, weeks later, uh, day of Pentecost in the upper room, you know, all these people from all over these nations, all across with different languages here, everybody speaking in tongues, different language, speaking their own language. The world is there essentially. And Peter preaches one of the first sermons 
and 3,000 people are saved. Yeah. 3,000 people. So he's afraid in that moment with few. And here he has the power of the Holy wow. Spirit, the work of God in his life. When Jesus said, feed my sheep, here he is preaching to thousands and they all get saved. That's what God can do. The transformative power of God in her life and Jesus. So wherever you're feeling hopeless, maybe you're feeling that. Maybe you're feeling down. Maybe you're feeling kind of run down. Well, wherever you are at, wherever you are at, God's going to speak light into that. And we believe that. We hope right now he is. And through that, you might never know. You can't see it right now. But where God wants to take you, have a vision for that. Because he will take you to places you never could imagine and bring healing to the pain, the addiction, whatever you're going through. You know, when you look to him and now you can turn around um, and help others. And we're going to have stories in the coming weeks about stuff like that with with different people. But we know that is the case. That can be the case for you when you look to him. And and that's what he did for Matt and I. Because we never, we would have been with you saying, not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, yeah. I love what you're saying about Peter in the court. Because he was, this is exactly what God does, what we're talking about. He's in the court. There's government leaders there. Mm-hmm. They're trying to crucify all the Christians yeah. or, or at least take Jesus. And, and their goal is to just wipe it all out. Mm-hmm. And so he panics. But after he gets filled with the Spirit, he's leading the church. He's preaching. What's he doing? He's back, right? He's in the courts. He's in the center of town. <laughs> government right. leaders are looking <laughs> That's for him. Right. Still trying to capture Christians. They tell him to leave. Preaching. He just comes back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's so cool that where we fail... God wants to bring us back to that mm-hmm. very thing. And that's, I hope that that's what you're getting from this. The things that you failed in life at, the things that have hurt you, he wants to redeem those things and he'll bring you right back to those situations. Like mm-hmm. like a guy in, in, in Pure Freedom, he always would go to this certain part of Edmonton to, uh, to act out sexually and it almost destroyed his whole life and family and everything. And then he got healed and he had to take time off work. And what does God do when he comes back to work? He goes to back and his work ends up being exactly in that area of town oh, wow. where he used to struggle. But now he sees all these buildings and he's like, oh man, I, I thank you, God. Mm. Thank you. And right. And so he brings us back right to that very moment. I'm hoping that you're getting the point that he, God is not scared of the thing that's got you down. Mm-hmm. He wants to show you that you can live in victory over that. There was a guy just yesterday, I got this email and it's, it's really cool. He is, he, he's one of our leaders. He's does a great job. And he is, uh, he's, he, he's allergic to bees, to bumblebees. And so we were having a, a barbecue for all of our local leaders here, uh, just at my place on the weekend. And so he was getting ready to come and he was outside and he got stung by this bee and he went into anaphylactic shock and he had to go to the hospital and take an EpiPen and, and all of that. And when we saw him a few hours later, he was, he was more out of it than he normally <laughs> is. That's for sure. And so he emailed me a couple of days later and he goes, Matt, that was a that was a moment that heals. I, I call these things in pure freedom. I call these redeeming moments, moments that heal. And so he explained to me a year and a half ago, he was writing letters to his grown children because he knew he was going to die. His body was shutting down. He had the secret addiction that he had never talked about. And he could feel his body shutting down. He knew he was going to die. So he was writing these letters. Well, God led him to expose his addiction to his wife and from then, he's never gone back. He's just grown so much and done a ton of healing. And so one of the things that he always had fear over was being stung by a bee because he knew he was allergic and he'd have this big reaction. And so he told me that uh, that last year sometime he was in his garden 
and he was watching this bee kind of buzz around him and he was saying to himself if i got stung right now would i just kind of give up or would i fight he's like i think that i would probably choose to just let things end and i would die because he didn't care Mm -hmm. he says this was a moment that healed because when i got stung i realized that god has given me a new life and i don't want to die and so the the very thing that i was scared of now i don't need to be scared of it anymore because I know that God is going to bring me through and he's given me life. And so if we don't understand this redeeming nature of God, we're going to get stung by a bee in that circumstance. And we're going to go, Oh man, this is, it was so bad. It was so painful. It wiped me out for days. If I didn't have my EpiPen, I don't know what would have happened. And we live with this constant fear of bees or of whatever it is. But when we understand God's redeeming nature, he's like, oh man, this was actually so cool. God showed me where he's brought me to. He showed me I don't need to be scared and that I've got life and that I actually love my life and I can fight for my life. It was really, a really cool thing. There's so many stories that I've got, but another thing that he does, uh, I've heard this a few times, is with dates. They're, they're friends that I have that they miscarried on a certain day and they were really dreading the anniversary, the one-year anniversary of this mis- miscarriage. And so on the one year anniversary, they found out that they were pregnant. Wow. God totally redeemed the day. So they don't need to be scared of wow. that day anymore. That's amazing. It's really cool. There's wow. a, there was a guy in pure freedom. He was, uh, he, he didn't remember the day that he last acted out and he didn't really want to think about it because he felt shame and he didn't want to think about what he had done to his, uh, to his fiance at that mm-hmm. time. And so he's like, I don't even want to think, I don't even want to figure out the last day that I acted out because I don't like the feeling and so he was talking to someone and and saying like should I think about this should I figure out the day and the guy's like yeah it'd be fun to you know have an an anniversary and so he asked his 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 lady he asked his uh fiance or wife I can't remember at the time but he said when was the last time that I acted out and she told him but it was the very day that he asked it was a one the one year anniversary Mm -hmm. And so he was like, wow, God redeemed this day. Now I don't need to feel shame about this day. It's like God was in it and he was setting up the timing to break all of the shame. He wants to redeem all of the things that we've got fear over, shame, guilt, the things that have got us down. And so trust in God. And and this is the best way that I can teach it is like be open for like have your eyes open for God to redeem things in your life because he'll Mm -hmm. do it. Sometimes he does it through dreams. Sometimes he does it through just speaking certain things to us, through dates, through bringing us to circumstances. There's a whole variety of different ways that he redeems things. But be open to that because he really will break fear and break a lot of guilt and shame through these through these moments and, and really get us more excited about relationship with him because he's just so cool and kind and loving. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So as you're taking that all in, we just hope that you've heard something in this that is calling you forth, leading you maybe out of some misunderstanding or even despair or frustration. God is in your story and he is redeeming you as we speak. So that's the hope that we want to leave with you today. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate you. Check back in with you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.